Well, how's the battle? We talked last week about the battleground, our ministry of prayer, and how we speak into the battle, how we dive into the battle. And if you weren't here with us last week, I want to remind you of something. There is a battle. And as we said last week, you can either be one that runs toward it, you can be one that runs away from it, or you can be one that is completely oblivious to the fact that there is a battle for the souls of men. There's a battle for your marriage, there's a battle for your children, there's a battle for your job, there's a battle. And we must fight. We have no other option. Yes, it is true that we have victory in Jesus. Yes, it is true that God has fought and claims victory over us, but there is a purpose for the battle. And that is to see Him glorified, so that men may know Him. Men may know who He is. Men may know who fights for Him. And that brings us to today. I was telling someone uh, just before the service that winning is important. (laughs) I got no amen from that, but that's okay. All of y'all are thinking it in your head. Listen, I was told by a coach, listen, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. To which my coach would follow, and you better play to win. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like to lose. You can ask my wife, you can ask my child, you can ask my my parents, you can ask anybody who spent any time with me in competitive things, and DJ Carney does not like to lose. I'm okay with it. Sometimes, after a while, but man, I tell you what, nothing feels good like winning. And that brings us to the message today. Praying to win. You see, we pray so often and lose, don't we? We pray so much for our spouse and we lose sometimes. We pray so much for our children. Older adults, you've prayed for your child for years and years and years and years. And it seems just like you're losing. We pray for our career. We pray for finances. We pray for even just the basic joy in life. And it seems like we lose. I want to challenge you today to begin to change how you pray. Praying to win. Praying to see victory. Praying to see success. Not praying in a way that already accepts defeat, already accepts the loss, but praying to win. If you have your Bible, take and turn to 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3. Find Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. And he comes to the end of his second letter. And he has an admonition for them to pray. But to pray as if they would win. If you have it, go ahead and stand with me as we read 
God's Word this morning. Verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the Word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. Let's pray together. God, I'm praying for victory today. God, I'm praying that you would show us what it is to win. God, I'm praying that you would communicate to us now with your spirit through the word what it means truly to find victory in life. God, we understand that it doesn't necessarily mean what we think. We understand that it's all about what you show us. And so, God, open our hearts and our minds right now. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Johnny, a very bright five-year-old, told his daddy he'd like to have a baby brother. And along with this request, offered to do whatever he could to help. His dad, a very bright 35-year-old, paused for a moment and then replied, I'll tell you what, Johnny, if you pray every day for two months for a baby brother, I guarantee that God will give you one. Johnny responded eagerly to his dad's challenge and went to his bedroom early that night to start praying for a baby brother. He prayed every night for a whole month. But after that time, he began to get skeptical. He checked around the neighborhood and found out that what he thought was going to happen had never occurred in the history of the entire neighborhood. You just don't pray for two months and then whammo, a new baby brother. So Johnny quit praying. After another month, Johnny's mother went to the hospital. And when she came back home, Johnny's parents called him into the bedroom. He cautiously walked into the room, not expecting to find anything. And there was a little bundle lying right next to his mother. His dad pulled back the blanket and there was not one baby brother but two. His mother had had twins. Johnny's dad looked down at him and said, Now aren't you glad you prayed? Johnny hesitated for a moment and then looked up at his dad and said, Yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? <laughs> Sometimes when we win in prayer, that's what it feels like. You see, when we pray to win, God not only provides victory, but He provides the spoils of victory as well. You see, when we pray in a fashion to see success, when we pray over the concepts that we're about to go through, I want you to understand that God is faithful in seeing it through. The fact of the matter is that God answers prayer. But you and I struggle sometimes, don't we? We pray and pray and we seem to always lose when it comes to our prayer life. I mean, if we're being honest, we want so badly to be able to pray incredible prayers of faith and see God do incredible things when we pray that way. I want us to look today at what might be holding us back when it comes down to the art of praying. First is this. Real prayer that wins, praying to win, includes being focused on God's Word. 
Prayer that wins is focused on God's word. Look at the text with me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm going to read the entirety of the text now. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things that we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. You see, in verse 1, Paul says, listen, pray that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. Not pray so that your desires may run swiftly. Not pray so that your ambitions, your wants may run swiftly. Don't even pray that your plans run swiftly. But pray that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. And then again in verse 3, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. I love that word establish. What will he establish you on? He will establish you on the word. This last Wednesday, Nate shared with our students that on the word of God is where we must build. On the word of God is the foundation. You see, he wants to establish our prayer life in the word of God. Kevin Zuber of the Moody Bible Institute said it like this, his request for prayer, talking of Paul, is what Paul valued most. It indicated what he valued most, which was the rapid spread and success of the preaching of the word. And it also indicated what Paul feared most, the opposition of perverse and evil men. You see, we must be established and grounded and founded on the word of God in our prayer life. Otherwise, we will take any advice that we see. We'll grab onto bestsellers at Mardell and say, I need to pray this way. We'll grab onto some type of blog entry that we see. Oh yeah, I need to, I need to change my prayer life to do this. I need to hang upside down and I need to speak in, in, in Mandarin and I need to drink this type of drink before I pray and we'll do all this. Guys, listen. There is a world out there that would give you every piece of advice when it comes to prayer. Even to not pray. But the Word of God is where we find strength in prayer the word of God is where we find our foundation in prayer the word of God is where we find success and winning in prayer in verse 4 there's an interesting word here and it's the word command it's the Greek word entole this word means a military command as in a standing order or an ordinance. You see, Paul is calling them into battle here. He's reminding them of the entole to which they must follow. And that is to keep the word of God central in your prayers. Keep the word of God 
first and foremost in your prayers. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You see, all the things that we can pray, all the words that we can speak out to ask God for things will amount to nothing but by the word of God. If we're going to pray and see winning in our prayer life, we must pray the word of God. Call on it. If you want to pray something with a lasting impact, focus your prayer on and towards the word of God. Winning prayers in your life include things like Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Praying that over your marriage. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, will they not keep each other warm? And though... One may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands, a husband, a wife, and the Lord God is not easily broken. Pray that over your marriage. Or how about 1 Corinthians chapter 14? We know this, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When was the last time that you put 1 Corinthians 14 in your prayer life for your spouse? Is there chaos in your home? Pray 1 Corinthians 14. I can guarantee you something, it's going to change you before it changes anybody else. How about praying Numbers chapter 6 over your children? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Or 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Winning prayers are centered on the word of God. How about praying for the lost? How about praying for the lost? We're easy to pray. Hey guys, listen. It's easy to lift up our spouse most of the time in prayer. It's easy to lift up our children most of the time in prayer. It's easy to lift up ourselves, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's real easy to pray, Lord me, Lord me, Lord me. When was the last time that we prayed for the lost? When was the last time that we spoke the word over those that were lost around us? Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. When was the last time you prayed that over a lost person? I guarantee you, you go pray that over some lost people in your life, you're going to start being pushed to tell them a little bit about it. You're going to start being pushed a little bit to share with them the good news of the gospel. And God is going to do something. 
2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is enduring, long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When was the last time you begged God for the soul of another person? Praying His promise that He would, that none would perish, but all should come to everlasting life. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of truth. You see, the Word of God is wrought with that which leads us to victory. And I'm not talking about this whole idea of Name it, claim it, pick the verse that suits me best. Pulling out some description of Solomon so that just I can get rich. Or some verse about Solomon and his 700 wives so I can justify infidelity. I'm not talking about this whole idea of, listen, I sow and I pray and I seek and I I do all the things that Scripture says and somehow God's going to return something on me. No, I'm not saying that you can go pray whatever I ask in the name of the Lord, he'll give me. I'm not saying that because he's not going to give you a mansion. He's not going to give you a nice car when that happens. And he's not going to give you an upgrade on your body. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Listen, I'm talking about standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring and glory in the highest. I will shout and sing standing on the promises of God. Let me tell you something. You want to see miracles happen in your life? You pray the word of God. You want to see your marriage restored? You pray the scripture. You want to ask, see your children with favor and with blessing? You begin to pray the word of God over them. You want to see the dead raised? You want to see the lame walk? You want to see the blind see? Begin to pray the word of God. You want to see lost people come to saving faith in Jesus Christ? Then pray the inherent, infallible, incredible, and indisputable word of God. There is nothing else by which men may be saved. Listen, if we're going to pray to win, we must understand that praying to win is focused on God's word. Secondly, it's focused on the gospel work. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. And we have confidence in the Lord, verse 4, concerning you both that you do and will do the things which have been commanded you. The entole, the standing order. Go, therefore, and make disciples. What good are we as followers of Jesus Christ if our prayers are not saturated with the names of lost people around us? We have served little purpose in the gospel work. If all we're willing to do is go start a conversation rather than lifting them up in prayer at all times. Guys, listen, I know the cop-outs. 
there's some of us that say, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for all the lost people, but preacher, I just don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to start that conversation. Good for you. Go learn. You may say, preacher, I'm, I'm a people person. Listen, I, I can talk to anybody, and, and we often talk about church, and we talk about Jesus, we talk about the gospel, but, but I just don't really pray for them that often. Well, hooray for you. Why don't you learn how to? The gospel work is born out of prayer. And Satan has garnered such an attack on Christians that we would come to believe that our prayers have very little to do with the salvation of men. When in fact the petitions of the saints are often an important piece of the gospel work. They're often so important to what God wants to do in the lives of men. I'm telling you, if we are not willing to pray for the lost, we're not willing to pray for the lost what business do we have even bearing the gospel you see prayer is gospel centered we pray so that he may be glorified so the name of Jesus may be lifted high there was nothing that was done in the New Testament without prayer And there was nothing that was done in the New Testament without the work of the gospel. Paul, the champion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, listen. You ain't got a testimony like Paul. Paul was on his way to Damascus to do what? To kill a bunch of Christians. To persecute them there. To put them in jail. And this Jesus that Paul had heard about, that Paul had even probably seen at one point or another, Paul says, this Jesus, he's killing us. This ain't going to work. And on the road to Damascus, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, appears to Paul. If anybody could go out without praying and share the gospel, it would be Paul. Guys, listen, I was walking, and all of a sudden there was this bright light, and I fell to my knees because I couldn't see, and then all of a sudden it was Jesus. Now, I know Jesus was dead, but somehow he had rose from the dead, and he was there. And even, I knew who he was, so I called him Lord, and then he told me that he was going to use me, that I'd go ahead to this town, and that there'd be somebody there waiting on me, and the scales would fall off my eyes, and then I would go, and I would preach. Listen, even Paul understood the importance of prayer. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. We can't take aside the gospel and prayer. They go together just as naturally as they can. The gospel is what we're commanded to do, correct? So why then should our prayers not include that which we've been commanded to. Why? Guys, if we're going to see people come to Jesus, really come to Jesus, following hard after Him, 
we're truly going to make disciples, we need to begin to pray for them. It does us no good. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It does us no good to go and do all the events. It does us no good to do all the programs. It does us no good to center everything around the gospel if we are not willing to first pray that God would do something. If we are not willing to first pray, enter the battle, take up arms. We must pray focused on the gospel work. Lastly, we must pray prayers that are focused on godly worship. Look at verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. We can go and pray the Word of God. We can even pray for the lost in our community, the lost in our family, the lost at our place of work. But unless we follow that prayer with true worship, if you would lay down your life if you would give your life as a living sacrifice, this is your spiritual act of worship, as we find in Romans. Listen, if we're not willing to give our lives in worship, then we will not see prayer that wins. It goes like this. Practice how you play and play how you practice. You guys have heard that. You see, winning teams understand that what happens in the smallest moments affect winning in the big moments. You and I pray. You and I spending time with the Lord. You and I following Him. Diving into His Word. Giving our lives in worship. That will produce in winning. I want you to understand something. This message is not some, hey, this is how it's going to be. You're going to have success. You're gonna, life's going to be full of, of nothing but good things from now on. Don't misunderstand. But understand this. Prayer that truly wants to see change, prayer that truly wants to see lives change, prayer that truly wants to see winning, that prayer is going to be saturated in the Word of God. It's going to have the gospel work as its motive. And it's going to produce godly worship within us. We must practice how we play and play how we practice. We must follow outside the prayer closet. I'm going to close with this. C.S. Lewis, he's the author of, uh, of the widely read children's books, the Narnia Chronicles, 
as well as many other novels and books on issues pertaining to spiritual life to the Christian faith. The movie Shadowlands tells Lewis's story, focusing in particular on his relationship with his wife, Joy Gresham. Gresham and Lewis met while Lewis was at Oxford University. After Joy is diagnosed with cancer, the couple got married. The movie invites us to witness their love, their pain, their grief, their struggles with faith, and their struggle with God. And eventually, Joy dies. At one point in the story, a friend says to Lewis, Christopher, I know how hard you've been praying, and now God is answering your prayers. And Lewis replies this, that's not, how, that's not why I pray, Harry. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change me. I mean, it doesn't change God. It changes me. C.S. Lewis knew that when he would come into prayer, that it was not so that he would change the heart, the will, the mind of God. He knew that when he stood up and walked away, that it would change his life. You see, that's how we pray to win. Not so that we would change God. Listen, God is sovereign and God has a plan that you and I can't even fathom. We're not going to change the heart and mind of God just by throwing up a prayer. But what will change is you and I. When we pray God's word, when we pray with a focus on the gospel, we will stand up from prayer changed. Living a life that worships Him. Living a life that sees winning. Let's pray together.